Hi, this is Randall with Business Partner Blueprint, welcoming you back to another episode of the Blueprint Pros Podcast, where we discuss how to land big corporate clients. And today, I'm so wonderful, I can't stand myself. <laughs> I'm glad to have you. Thanks for making it back. So, the title for today's podcast is Do You Want to Shorten the Time It Takes to Land a Corporate Contract? Well, here's how. Who wouldn't want to shorten the time, right? It's a simple thing. Well, of course I want to shorten the time. Of course I want to shorten the time. I want to shorten the time so that I have a pipeline so huge that um, uh, I I don't have time to get to everything. Gosh, what a problem to have. I love it already. I love it already. Um, I'm going to have to go back to the Wayback Machine first before we get into the really good stuff. And we got to talk about why it seems like it takes forever. Why does it seem like it take for, takes forever? And if you recall, on a number of different occasions, I've spoken with you about interacting with suppliers. Uh, in this case, uh, primarily drawing on my buying experience. Uh, if I draw, well, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me start up. So some of you may not know, I was a buyer for a large, uh, um, a huge company at that time, probably the largest company in the world. Uh, I was a seller for a huge company, and I actually sold complex relationships, what we call um, strategic alliances or national accounts, for a, a large uh, company. In this case, the contracts were uh, only sold to um, international customers that had um, um, multi-locations and a minimum of $2 million in spend. Uh, if they didn't have $2 million in spend on our commodity, then I didn't touch it. We had local people that de- dealt with that. But $2 million and up, uh, multiple locations, uh, that was when I got involved. And, of course, as a seller. So my perspective on this is both as a buyer, a seller, and as a um, diverse business owner. But uh, for, for this topic, we're going to talk a little bit more about... Well, it's, so, of course, I see this, this, this uh, particular field from three different dimensions as a buyer seller and diverse business owner but for this conversation i'm I'm drawing on my buying experience it's 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 a slightly different conversation if i share it with you from my supplier experience or uh as a as a minority business owner but as a buyer because i think that's what's going to be the most important for you right now i've got some other secret things i can share with you from the other two which will, will also be helpful but as a buyer the thing that always struck me was in talking with folks, whether they with companies, whether they came to my office or whether I met them out, was uh, their initial pitch. You've heard me talk about this on a number of uh, prior prior episodes, because I cannot stress how important it is that you get this right. And if you're going to be a blueprint pro, and we're going to get you to those um, six, seven, eight, nine figure contracts, then this is one of those things that you know if 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 you're following me that we're going to get right. This is just one of those things we're going to nail. It's like people will know, "Hey, that's a blueprint pro. You get this right." It's like that's a blueprint pro, all right? The big thing that I used to observe is uh you you heard me said before, people weren't ready. So if you're not ready, it's going to take what seems like an eternity to get 
a contract. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone can get lucky. You can't happen to be the right place at the right time on the right day and get a shot. And you may be one of those rare individuals that, um, you know, really and truly all you need is the shot and somehow everything lands, uh, uh, falls into place and you just, you know, do a fantastic job. I want to share with you. That's rare. It does happen, but it's rare. That is the exception and not the rule. And because that's, um, um, the exception and not the rule, it has left a bad taste in, uh, Uh, the corporate world with regard to people getting opportunities that weren't ready. So that gets you on uh, this uh, interesting journey where, you know, out of commitment to trying to make sure that I could figure out when was the right time for me to, to engage with uh, a supplier. It's like, okay, the first meeting I might say, okay, I, I don't, think this person is ready just yet, but I'm going to maintain a relationship. And so people would call me on a regular basis and share updates with me. Let me know what's going on in the back of my head. I'm noting, Oh, okay. All right. That sounds good. That's interesting. Um, then maybe I would see them out again at another event and, uh, I'm like, okay, well, all right. I've seen them twice. So they may have some staying power. Uh, you know, the more and more you see people, the the more and more just human nature, you start saying, okay, well, if they're still around, they must still be in business. Something must be going right. Okay, good, good, good. And of course, you, you, you start tracking the conversations, you know, the first transaction, the person seemed to really and truly be fumbling over what it was they did and, you know, not precise about what they were going to offer. These were folks that could do, you know, one of five different things. As a matter of fact, I have one, one person come up to me. <laughs> I actually two stories. One person came up to me and gave me five different business cards. I can do this. I can do this. I got this company that does this. And I'm sitting there like, I'm so confused. I don't know what to use you for at the moment. If you're giving me five business cards, I'm not convinced that you're good at any one of your businesses. <laughs> And so then I had someone else come and give me, and, and that was, they gave me all five of those cards at one time. And then I had somebody give me uh, two or three cards, but they didn't realize they had spoken to me <laughs> on two separate occasions before they came back and gave me the third card. And they had a different conversation with each card, but they didn't realize that they had already spoken with me. And I'm just sitting back and it's like, oh gosh, some of the amazing stuff that you come across. But you know, in each one of those instances, you can start putting a diagram together in your head, a timeline in your head about how long it took before I was confident that uh, I was talking with somebody that I thought was ready. Okay. Uh, I think the fastest that I may have ever done something with uh, with somebody could have actually been uh, maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, it was a it was a, a company that made microcomputers. Uh, I had met them. They seemed like they had their act together. Um, I looked at their brochure. Um, I had heard something about them from someone else. Uh, somebody came into my office. They needed a uh, a PC at the time, and I said, "I got somebody I want to try out." 
So, um, I, out of the dark, I sent them a purchase order for a PC. And uh, sure enough, it came in as advertised, as expected. I got the appropriate follow-up. I got the appropriate confirmations. The transaction went off without a hitch. The product was delivered on time. There was uh, the sufficient follow-up to make sure that the end user was satisfied and that I, as the buyer, was satisfied. And most importantly, you know, this one's always overlooked, the invoice complied with our invoicing requirements. The invoice was su submitted properly. You know, he says the job's not done until the paperwork's finished. The invoice was submitted properly. And um, that company went on to do millions and millions and millions of dollars with us. Um, that's about the fastest that I've, that, that I've personally done one is two weeks. So I share that with you to say, that it is possible that you can land a corporate contract. That was a, let's see at that time, I don't know, a $3,200 transaction. That was a small one. Uh, so, you know, barely a four-figure uh, contract. But, you know, this is what the company needed to get their foot in the door to get their start. They performed well on the first one and went from there. And so every now and that was, uh, that was not a woman-owned business. I forgot what that was. It was a minority business, but no, that was a woman-owned business. But nonetheless, uh, there were different times where I tried it, and it was a complete and utter disaster. So obviously, I had to get better at picking and choosing companies. So I had to start developing a criteria for, um, you know, what what did it take for for me to um, to to actually get comfortable that somebody was worth taking a risk on. In the absence of that then it could take years before I gave somebody a shot. And if it was a really, really large contract, like um, uh, high six figures, seven figures, eight figures, especially if we had to put together what we called a cross-functional team, which is a team of people from different disciplines, somebody from operations, uh, somebody from maintenance, somebody from accounting, somebody from HR, somebody from finance, somebody from uh, uh, safety, you, you know, uh, if it was a team-based decision, those could easily go anywhere from uh, six to 18 months. And depending on the complexity and what it takes to get buy-in and the amount of change that the organization goes through, some of those, it takes 18 months just to work through the requirements and a decision isn't made until uh, easily 24, 36 months. I don't know how many of you are looking at the, um, you know, although this isn't a purchase, it follows a similar process. Amazon relocating their headquarters. I think they've been looking at this for, uh, uh, what, almost two, three years now. And they finally just made the decision between Long Island and uh, just outside of the Washington, D.C. area. But that, the process that they use to figure that out is very similar to the process that some large corporations go through for um, half billion, uh, billion dollar purchases, or in some cases, multi-million dollar purchases, just based on that complexity. However, it doesn't have to take that long, and there are things you can do to short circuit that time period. But once you get into that this game and you understand how it works, then um, 
you, you clearly can shortcut it. And the number one thing you can do to shortcut the amount of time it takes to get a large corporate contract is to be on top of your game. <laughs> you go, Randall, that sounds so simple. Well, it is. It is simple. You'd be amazed how many folks mess this one thing up. Uh, one of the things that I couldn't stand when I uh, would talk to diverse suppliers is to um, uh, have someone that could not clearly and precisely tell me what they do. If you recall the other podcast about uh, the Olympics, you know, imagine going up to an Olympic coach and saying, hey, I want to be an Olympic athlete. And the coach goes, OK, all right. And then another one, somebody comes right behind you and says, hey, um, uh, I, I, I think I can lead your 100 meter team. Like, oh, OK. The difference being one person, you got to figure out what to do with and the other person. You just have to see if what they told you is true. They can be your 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 star runner in in the one hundred meters. Like those are two very different conversations, and they're going to get two very different actions from me. And I think about this based on those two that I just mentioned. Who do you think I'm going to call in for a tryout, and how quickly do you think I can make it happen? Well, let me give you the answer. The person with the uh, one hundred meters. Um, I can ask them, look, did you bring your cleats? I got my stopwatch. Let me see what you can do. We could probably do that standing right there if they came prepared. The other person is like, well, I don't know. Um, um, what event can we put you in? Um, uh, where have you trained? Uh, uh, okay, what do you need? Do we have a facility? When can I schedule you to, to come in and put you through the paces? And how much time do I need to give you between different tryouts to see where, where you can fit? So you start looking at that and you can start seeing very clearly um, that if you are on top of your game, you know what you are looking for and you can quickly and clearly demonstrate why you are the best option <coughs> Sorry about that. While you are the best option, then that is going to shorten the amount of time it takes for you to land a contract day in, day out. It really and truly is that simple. And so you might say, well, Randall, how, how do I convince you? How would I go about convincing you that I was on top of my game? Well, okay. Great question. Know your subject matter. All right, Blueprint Pros, you hear me? Know your subject matter. You should be a domain expert, subject matter expert in whatever it is you're selling. I don't care what it is. You should be a walking encyclopedia around why your company is the best in that field, which means you need to know the field in order to share with me why you're the best. I got to know that. I got to have some confidence if I'm going to take that kind of risk on you and put you ahead of everybody else that I'm taking. Uh, it's a good bet that based on the representation you made to me that uh, you can deliver. And I won't know if you can deliver if I'm not convinced that you're an expert at what you're talking about. The second thing is you've got to tell me why you're the best at it in context of my business. So you might say, Randall, what does that mean? It means you need to have done your homework about my business. 
Yes, you you need to come to me and you need to say, you know, Randall, look, um, I, I've done some research on your company and it seems to me that um, this may be some of the challenges you're having. If I'm right, here's what it's costing you. And uh, if if indeed I'm right about that, then here's where I think we can impact you and make a difference. Now, think about how that lands with 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 someone when you can have that kind of conversation with them or. For the person that you're talking with who may not know what the uh, what the problem is and what the opportunity is, you can say companies like yours typically have this kind of issue. Here's what it's costing you. Here's the frustration in your organization. And here's what you can do to alleviate it. And here's going to be the benefit you're going to receive. Now, okay, Blueprint Pros, that is a wonderful conversation and if you deliver that to me in about three to five minutes then i'm gonna say look if we don't go across the room and talk i'm definitely calling you in to talk uh, because i've got some people that i want you to talk to that i want to introduce you to asap i am now excited i am impressed you impressed me and whether you know this or not you have put me in a fantastic position to be a hero to bring a, a new company into my organization that can actually hit the ground running and make a difference you catch that i'm gonna say it again you have made the person that you just spoke with a hero in the organization. Now, most supply chain people and supplier diversity people, they're not looking for the accolades. They're not looking for the gratitude. But man, I tell you, and, and you, you, you have to appreciate this. It's a great feeling when you know you brought somebody in that is a winner. Everybody wants a winner. Everybody prides themselves that the vast majority of their suppliers are winners. You know, big companies aren't doing business with losers. You know, on the outside, it may look like a loser, but on the inside, um, they've already got them. They're integrated. The vast majority are competent at what they do. If they're not competent at what they do, they're out. Don't get me wrong. There are some terrible suppliers out there, but over time, by and large, on, on, on the whole, they are actually still performing and they've gotten themselves in a fantastic position, which you want to get yourself into, quite frankly, where they provide enough value that it costs too much money to take them out. <laughs> yep, I said it. You want to get yourself in a position where it's too much pain for somebody to get you out of their business. <laughs> That at least gives you enough time to develop enough innovation to uh, to uh, get everything back on track and, and maintain your preferred supplier position. But uh, the issue for us right now, the issue for you, the issue for me, is to get that opportunity to land that contract to satisfy cash flow. We have to be able to make a compelling business case to a prospective corporate client quickly. And we do that by knowing our stuff. So there you have it. Um, knowing your stuff and being smart about who you actually go after. Um, you know, it's kind of like, do I really want to sell computers to Microsoft? Probably not. 
Microsoft buys them, but I don't know that I want to be the person trying to sell computers to Microsoft. So, you, you, you know, you got to be careful about picking markets. If you're, if you're, you're selling staffing services to, um, you know, companies that are body shops, then you, you know, that, that might not be a really good market. So you really and truly have to kind of think through what, what makes a lot of sense because that as well <clears throat> will determine how quickly you can get in and land an agreement. But beyond that, once again, know your stuff and be a subject matter expert. Um, have a compelling business case for the person that you're talking with and um, definitely be able to demonstrate that given the opportunity, you will exceed expectation. There you have it. That will get you your first contract. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. This is Randall. I'm out.